Welcome to week six of Your Town Crime. We visit Hilton Head, South Carolina. Its history goes back thousands of years, but the town is less than 40 years old. We also look at a business deal that may have ended with murder. Stay tuned till the end to see if next week we'll be visiting your town. Welcome. We're back for another week. Another this is, week. It's number six, right, Shannon? Number six. So you already I'm know. Just repeating everything. <laughs> that you just That's fine. It always takes us a second to get going. <laughs> another week. <laughs> another week. So week number six. You know, I'm Jason, and you know, she's Shannon. She just said that. She didn't repeat that. <laughs> I, hello, I'm Jason. And I'm Shannon. Okay, I was just checking to see if you were going to say hello. I'm Jason. All right. Okay, so this week we're doing Hilton Head, South Carolina. Last week was Redding, California. Uh, little update on my friends. I said they were from Northern California. They're not. They don't oh, live in Northern California. Soco. Where do they they're, live? Well, I don't know. It might be considered Northern California. I don't. I, I don't know where the line is, but they're they're close to. They're a little southeast of Fresno, which I don't think is south. Oh. Southern California. Um, but they did have a voluntary evacuation for fires oh man where'd they go they I are, think are they at, staying i think they're staying at some friend's house but they do have a van that they can they can live in that they have a they have camper van okay an uh, excursion van a big van that they they go all travel all over anyway so i think Ooh. they're staying in that so heather and kevin i hope you hope you're doing well but they did lose lose their one of their dogs this week oh so that's really sad not um, from the fire. Not from the fire. Okay. Just, uh, I think she was 13 or 14. Aw. Yeah. Annabelle. That's yeah. tough because animals become part of your yeah. family. Yeah, and they traveled. Uh, they don't have any kids, and they've traveled all over the world, all over the country, and Annabelle's been right there with her. Aw. And uh, with them, and uh, so it was, uh, it was tough on them. So that hope they're nice. doing all right. All right, so this week we're back to Hilton Head, South Carolina. That's where Shannon threw the dart last week, and she hit the Atlantic Ocean, and she threw again and barely got <laughs> on dry land. So we're at Hilton Head. Have you ever been there, Shannon? I have not. I have. I've been there. This is the first place that I have actually been, but it was probably 1996. Okay. Hmm, trying to think. It was somewhere around there, 96, 97. Yeah. It was nineteen ninety six. I'll just say that ninety five, maybe. Okay. Mid nineties. There okay. we go. We'll just I was dial it six. In you were six. I was in high school. <laughs> six or seven. I was in high school. It was at a, on a mission trip. <laughs> we went down to Savannah and worked uh, for World Changers. Okay. So it was a mission trip. We went and worked on uh, and re- repaired people's houses and uh, and did uh, did some other stuff. But it was and then when Wednesday afternoon we had a free afternoon and went to Hilton Head. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, just a short drive, uh, about 20 miles northeast of Savannah. Mm-hmm. That's my first note. It's so. not too far from where we are, right? I mean, no, it's the not beach. far at all. No, a lot of people, a lot of people visit. We're, if you hear my voice going away, I'm turning around looking at the map. Why did I put it way over there where I can't see it? <laughs> but uh, a lot of people from our town, uh, from East Tennessee, they do 
uh, vacation there. My in-laws just talked about uh, they're they're planning a trip to to Hilton Head. They've been down there a lot. Uh, there's people here that own rental houses, rental rental properties in Hilton Head, and uh, so it's a it's a pretty pretty popular place uh, for people around this this area. Like I said, it's 20 miles northeast of Savannah, Georgia. You were ready to dive in, right? Yeah, let's right. dive. Let's dive. <laughs> let's dive right in. It's named after Captain William Hilton. And that's Paris's, I don't know if he's kin to Paris or not. Oh, I was about to say, really? No, I got excited. No, that's Paris's <laughs> great, 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 great granddad. I have no idea. Uh, in 1663, he ID'd, he identified the headlands for the entrance to the Port Royal Sound. So they named it, the map, map makers, the guys that were making the maps, they they named it Hilton Heads, Hilton's Headland on the maps. Okay. So today it's still known as Hilton Hilton's head, Hilt, Hilton Head. They took the S off of Hilton's. Uh, so it's Hilton Head, South Carolina now. It's in uh, the south, southern, about as far south in South Carolina as you can go. Mm-hmm. And uh, Savannah's in Georgia, north Georgia, or well, the northern coast of Georgia. Uh, so that's where it's at on the map. It shouldn't be hard to find. Just find Savannah and just go right up the coast from there. Um, there's about 12 miles of beaches in Hilton Head. Uh, two, two and a quarter million people visit each year and bring a million and a, oh, $1.5 billion yeah, a wow. year into the economy. So that's a, Tourism is definitely where it's at. 12 miles. 12 cheap. miles of beach, <laughs> but there's a lot of, I mean, there's golf, there's mm-hmm. tennis, there's, it's, it's beautiful down there. Uh, around 40,000 people live there year round. And during the peak season, you can find 150,000 people there in summer. Uh, it was uh, seasonally occupied by Native Americans for thousands of years. The sea pine shell ring uh, was found there. It was uh, just a discard pile. It looks like a, a rubbish pile uh, that was man-made, and it they dated it as 4,000 years old. Hmm. So there's been people around there for a long time. And since then, uh, since the Native Americans were there, uh, it has been occupied or fought for by the English uh the Spanish, the French, and the Scots. So it's been a highly contested piece of land uh, for a long time. Uh, the Spanish were there in 1521, the English in 1663, and that's when Captain William Hil- William Hilton was around there in 1663. Uh, so it's been a it's been a been a lot of history. Uh, so in the Civil War, uh, the Confederates built Fort Walker, and it protected the two mile wide entrance to Port Royal Sound. And then in, on October 29th, 1861, the largest fleet ever assembled in North America moved south to seize it. Uh, on, it was attacked on November 7th, 1861. Um, and it was the, Union's, the Union Army took it, the Union Navy took it, and 12,000 Union troops uh, moved in. And they renamed it Fort, Fort Wells. And um, after that, after the Union had it, uh, former slaves started moving to Hilton Head and started moving to the to the fort they had refugee refugee camps there and um they were able to buy land go to school they had government housing for them there the area where where the freed slaves lived was called Mitchellville and um 
they could go, like I said, they could go to school. They could own land uh, on Hilton Head, and they could do all that. Um, they uh, there's also descendants that still live there, and they they kind of they they're still holding on to some of the ethnic and cultural uh, identity that they had uh, from way back then, which is cool. That is cool. Um, and they call the descendants. Uh, they called the people that lived there the the Geechee. Uh, it's spelled. I didn't really understand this. I didn't dive too too far into it. I should have dove, dove a little further, evidently. Uh, but it's G U L L A, or the Geechee people. Okay. So, so that's pretty neat. It's a it was a it was a haven for people, and that that was unusual in the South to have mm-hmm. a place a town that far south. South Carolina was the first first. Uh, state to secede uh from the union so to have a um a union uh fort there with uh, freed slaves living there and being able to own land uh that was pretty huge uh, so that's a uh, that's pretty cool that's mm-hmm. pretty cool history there and you can visit that the mitchellville mitchellville uh freedom park uh today you can still oh, still cool. go there so that's pretty cool so if you're if you do go there that's something that you and your family can go see in 1931, skipping ahead a couple of years, uh, Wall, Street ty- Wall Street tycoon and a physicist named Alfred Lee Loomis bought 17,000 acres, which was 63% of the land mouse on Hilton Head wow. for a game preserve, game, game reserve, uh, with his brother-in-law. Um, and they, uh, they built, in, on the island, they had gun platforms built uh, to defend against any possible invasion during World War II, and you can still see those uh, concrete gun platforms. Hmm. They're still there, evidently. Uh, 1956, two, there was a two-lane swinging bridge built to uh, bring in automobiles, and that was the first time automobiles were able to come to the island. Uh, I guess they could have come with a ferry, uh, but as far as I know, that's the, that's the first road that was built in. In 1974, it was hit by a barge. And um, from 1974 to 82, the Army Corps of Engineers manned a pontoon bridge over to the island. Which sounds crazy. Hmm. I mean, it's just a floating bridge over over the marsh, I guess. And uh, they built a four-lane bridge built in 1982. Uh, I guess I've been over that bridge. Uh, it, I remember it being pretty long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been 25 years since I've been there. Uh, but it was... That was a long bridge. That doesn't seem, it seems like they should have already had a bridge. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean, 1982 doesn't was seem this, that far. Yeah, it was incorporated in 1983. Mm-hmm. So the, the town of Hilton Head's pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, the first resort was built in 1956. Okay. But you had to take a boat to get there. And I guess that's why it was so, it was so nice is because you had to take a boat. You know, mm-hmm. just not everybody could go there. Uh, it wasn't like Myrtle Beach where it's just flooded with people. Um, so, but the first resort was in 1956. It was the Sea Pines Resort. Uh, the PGA played their first uh, Heritage Golf Classic there in 1969. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, the community there, had they fought off uh, chemical, co- chemical companies that wanted to build outside Hilton Head. Uh, they they fought off oil oil companies that wanted to build platforms and national ga- gas companies that wanted to build uh, storage and shipping yards in the in the area. They fought off all those people. So that's that's when they that was right as they were incorporating in ninety three or excuse me nineteen eighty three. They did incorporate and become a town because we're like, hey, we've we've done some pretty cool stuff. 
we fought the big dogs and we won. Yeah, let's awesome. uh let's incorporate and make this thing a real town and and that's pretty cool. Nineteen eighty three. That's that's my lifetime. Um, their uh, natural resource division uh, minimizes the impact of development. Uh, they've got a large amount of tree cover for a for a place like this. There's there's condos everywhere and mm-hmm. houses everywhere and golf courses everywhere, but they still have a lot of tree cover, which is is not heard of in uh, developed areas like this on the beach. You know, a lot of condos go up; they just clear the trees, get the sun in, and they don't care about it. But you know, being in 1983, that that initiative was was pretty important then, and they saw they were already seeing uh, neighbors, neighboring islands, and and resorts, resort areas, you know, going downhill. So 70 percent is located in of Hilton Head is gated communities, which is that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you should feel pretty safe there. And I think Shannon found out that it is pretty safe. Uh, looking for looking for murders, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, there's one gated community that's just for town residents okay. so they've got like their own gate and they're they're kind of gated off and that way they don't have to deal with uh tourists which yeah, is pretty cool that like, is pretty cool they 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 appreciate the tourists i'm sure with the one and a half billion or yeah one and a half billion dollars of mm-hmm. of income coming in i'm sure they really appreciate the tourists but we really don't want you you know hanging out outside our house right. which is kind of nice it's kind of nice to get away uh they've got a they live in a paradise, so they get to uh, to stay there too. All right, let's see here. What page am I on now? Is that where I'm at? Am I up to date? I think I am. Hold on just a second. All right, so uh, some notable people that live there are uh, or have lived there. They might not be from there, and a lot of people. There's not a lot of people from there since it was 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really nice area in the gated community that that helps. You know, a lot of famous people are there. It's a lot of athletes. Um, there's a, a writer, Patricia Cornwell, who wrote The Hornet's Nest. Okay, you ever heard of that? No, but she sounds familiar. Okay, she's a New York Times best bestseller that author. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, John Jakes. He's an author. He, he wrote North and South. I have heard of North and South. Let me tell you how I've heard of North and South. It's a it's a huge book. It's really thick, I believe. I've never read, read it, and I never will probably. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. It's like known for how thick it is. But there was a miniseries that came on in the 80s starring Patrick Swayze. Oh. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know where, it was after Red Dawn for sure, but it was it was somewhere around Dirty Dancing. Okay. It was around that area, but my mom watched. She watched North Everything. and South. She, yeah, she watched the entire thing and probably recorded it on our VCR <laughs> uh, that cost $1,000 or something crazy <laughs> in the 80s. Um, uh, but anyway, we went to South Carolina. We went to Charleston for on vacation sometime in my childhood, and we went to a plantation. We visited a plantation, and while we were there, my mom wanted me to escort her up the lane um you know i had, had my el- my elbow out mm-hmm. and she was walk she she started, <laughs> she started prancing around like you need walk me up here like you're patrick swayze <laughs> she, I th- it might have been the actual plantation where where north and south had been filmed okay uh and i didn't research to see where we were at but it was somewhere <laughs> around charleston 
Charleston. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's what I think of. I think of that when I when I think about North and South. Um, uh, let's see here. The, some of the athletes that have lived there, Michael Jordan. Uh, anybody that? ever? Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to stump you on that one. Yeah. See, has he won any uh, championships? No. No? Yeah. <laughs> no, we get that one right. He's won. He's won a bunch. Yes. Yeah. If I say how many, I'm going to get it wrong. No yeah, let's if I'm just right. not. Yeah, so uh, a bunch, but I did. Everyone knows. Yeah, everybody knows <laughs> Michael Jordan. Jason Williams, another NBA star. Uh, he's he's close to my age. Um, there's a lot of tennis players, uh, NHL hockey players. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if they're called hockey players. I had to <laughs> ask it, and I was like, "It's a hockey player." I hope. I guess you play hockey. I'm pretty sure. We don't have a lot of hockey. We have the Knoxville Ice Bears around here, and I've been to them a few times. But it's not a huge. We do have the Nashville Predators now. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they're pretty good. Yeah, so. they are good. But I'm just not not into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Have you ever been ice skating? I have. Well, I'm really bad at it. I wasn't too good the last time. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I did all right when I was a kid, and then the last time I was older, and it was no. Nope. Yeah, it was it terrible. Wasn't too, wasn't too good. I can ski fine though, so I don't know. <laughs> I know it's not the same, but it's still slick, and I don't know something about something about it. I just didn't get. Anyway, let's see who else is there. Uh, John Mellencamp has lived there. Okay. Yeah, you know him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I know his daughter. Do you know his daughter? I do not. (laughs) His daughter is Teddy Mellencamp, and she is a cast member. (laughs) My friends are gonna love this, but she's a cast member on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know that you've seen that, Jason. I've never watched <laughs> the Real Housewives of anything. Really? No. Me either. But I just yeah, heard. Sure. I just heard that. Sure. <laughs> I heard that she was on it. She's really into fitness and stuff. Yeah, never heard. Never, never watched any of those shows. <laughs> and isn't uh, John Mellencamp with Meg Ryan? Are they married or dating? I'm pretty sure they're a, a thing. Maybe I don't know. Let's let's look and see. Fact check. Fact check. I don't think they may not be married. I think they're just dating. Has been dating Nurse mm-hmm. Jamie. Is she a Nurse Jamie? Huh? I don't know. Said Jamie. It's weird. It's <laughs> Daily Mail or something. Since early two thousand, yeah, they've been dating since early two thousand. After ending engagement to make around. Ooh no, they broke up. Recently. Recently. Oh man. John Mellencamp has, this is coming from the Daily Mail. It's from April 2nd, 2020. John Mellencamp has been dating Nurse Jackie, nope, excuse me, Nurse Jamie since early 2020 after ending engagement to Meg Ryan. John Mellencamp reportedly moved on with Nurse Jamie, a.k.a. Jamie Sherrill, just three months after after reports he ended his on-and-off-again eight-year romance to fiancé Meg Ryan. Who is Nurse Jamie? I have no idea. Why are they referring to her as Nurse Jamie? Jamie Cheryl. So <laughs> that, uh, I don't know what's going on there, John. Uh, that but came from the Daily Mail, so I'm citing them on that. But I, I do know, well, I've heard. Oh, 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 oh. update. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Wow. This is, we need to have an old, uh, an, our own episode about okay. Meg and John. Little ditty about John and Meg. Did you get that joke? Yes. That was a bad joke. I do love her. Yeah, Meg's cool. Let's see here. Uh, 
Go back together in 2007. I don't know, man. I feel like they're still together. I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to pause this for a second, and then we're going to get the scoop and come. We'll be right back with the scoop on John Mellencamp and Meg Ryan. (laughs) Okay. We're back with the update on John John Mellencamp and Meg Ryan, and uh, we don't think they're together anymore. And then we got very uninterested in it and said we don't care anymore <laughs> so if you want to look it up you can yourself but i, I don't think they are but uh enough of about john Mellencamp. this is not it's not his not podcast <laughs> he tried to take it over all right so moving on moving on where were we oh he was one of the notable people i don't even know if he owns a house in hilton Head anymore but he's been there well i do know that his daughter teddy grew up and went to high school in hilton head because she has wow. referenced that on okay. the show I thought I you said you didn't watch it. I didn't. I just oh, catch just, it when Ryan, oh. my husband Ryan's watching it. I'll yeah. just walk through and I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. When's the, yeah, the <laughs> little bit of time between Sports Center coming on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. So uh, that's all I've got for now. Um, Shannon, you want to you wanna hit us up with, uh, yes. with what you found on the true crime side? I would love to do that. Okay, so like what you were saying, it was hard for me to find a, I hate to call it an interesting murder case because murder sound is sad, but I couldn't find anything. Everything I read, it seemed like Hilton Head was a very tight-knit community and there wasn't really a lot of crime, but I did come across a couple, Elizabeth and John Calvert. They were husband and wife. Elizabeth was a lawyer with the Savannah-based law firm Hunter McLean, and John was a Georgia Tech graduate who spent most of his career in the field of energy. He also managed the couple's business. So, they vanished without a trace on March 3, 2008 from their home in Hilton Head Island. John was 47 and his wife was only 45. They had plans that day to meet with their chief financial officer, Dennis Gerwing. Excuse me. Okay. They were 47 and 45? Yes. Oh, man. They looked a lot older than me. I know. That should make you feel good. I mean, it's kind of sad. But they also had a lot more responsibility and made a lot more money than us. So (laughs) that could probably age you. That could have aged them. Yeah. Okay. They were stressed. Also, to add to their stress, they were planning to meet their chief financial officer, Dennis Gerwing, of the Club Group, a property management firm that kept the financials for John's business. Dennis was, I would describe him as an overweight, middle-aged man, um, just so you can get like a description and a person in your mind. Yeah, we looked at a picture of him. He's, you know, he's not really big, but he's, you know, he's just a... Morbidly obese. Yeah, like like a stocky. Yeah. Yeah. The Calverts reported to friends that they were going to confront Dennis about money issues that Elizabeth had recently discovered in their companies, which operate the Harbortown Yacht Basin and rent over 125 Harbortown vacation units. It was reported that Gerwing had embezzled $2.1 million from the Calverts and seven other employees. 2.1? Yes, 2.1 million dollars. That's a lot of money. 
<laughs> that sounds like motive. <laughs> uh, yes, has motive written all over it. Gerwing had met with Elizabeth and John at his office earlier in the day on March March the 3rd. Gerwing's office was on the second floor of an office building. He told his co-workers that maintenance was being done on the computers and not to come in that day. That also sounds really fishy. Yes. This gave Gerwing the place to himself. And to everyone that knew him, he had it all. He owned a $1.2 million home. He And he was known to eat expensive meals and drink vintage wine. He owned other expensive properties, but he was loaded with debt, which no one knew about it until authorities went digging in his own financials. This say that again. Sorry. Which part? That last part. He had something that they didn't know about. He had a lot, of debt. a lot of debt. To everyone that knew him and saw him, they thought, you know, this guy has a lot of money, but he was actually had a gambling problem okay. and drank a lot. So it wasn't just normal business debt where he... He owes on a bunch of properties or something like that. I would say not. I can't yeah. say that factually, but it did say he liked to gamble and that he was in a lot of debt. So this gave police even more attention to Gerwing. When police investigated and questioned him, he had lied to police about his whereabouts and which car he was driving. So they found a lot of untruths from him. They would... Um, they found the truth from, they ended up finding the truth from surveillance footage. Gerwin's vehicle that he lied about not driving that day was actually sent to be thoroughly cleaned and the back seat had been removed, which is really odd. Yeah. You just don't take your back seat out and have it away from, like it wasn't in his house or anything. They never found it. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. The back yeah, seat's gone. You know, if you take, yeah, yeah you're not going to deep clean your car that that well and take the back seat out the unless, next day unless a kid pukes or poops on it and why would you lie or about you it blood all over but it. why would you lie that that's not the vehicle that you drove that would not right. you would remember what car you drove fishy yeah super weird during the interview authorities noticed that gerwin had a cut on his hand they found surveillance footage from a pharmacy seeing him buy bandages the day after the Calverts went missing. Hmm. So, could be just random. More, more fishy yes. stuff. So, of course, this drew all kinds of arrows to Gerwing. Police ordered a search warrant and uncovered a shovel with dirt on it, a holster with a missing gun, drop, drop cloths that, a drop cloth receipt that had been purchased, I think, three days before they went missing. Weird. Yeah, that, that missing, uh, missing gun in the holster, that... I saw something that came from, um, they asked an acquaintance of him uh, whether she knew if he had, I can't remember her name, but <clears throat> if, if she knew if he had any uh, any guns, if he owned any, she said, I didn't think so. Then the next day or sometime later, she came back and said, hold on, I forgot. I gave him, I gave her, him my dad's pistol uh, and holster and said, uh, just for him to get, to, for him to sell. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's not that not that uncommon in the south just to hear she didn't know what to do with it here go sell it and um that that holster that they found was her dad's holster so he kept the gun she just had forgotten about it because she just didn't care about you know it was it was nothing to her so she didn't wasn't thinking about it when they did ask her the first time so right this is all just sort of a mystery yeah. you know like they were at his office he told 
his employees not to come in. There's computer work going on. But they were with him, and they're on the second story of an office building, and it's right. in the day. It was early in the day. So what did he do? Shoot him? Did he... Was he the only one? Did he... Could he carry the bodies down from the yeah. second floor? When I looked at it. He could carry her probably okay, but, you know, carrying a man... A man a man carrying another man is not not easy. Yeah. I mean, you get you get up over you get up around 200 pounds. That's that's putting And I'm sure his office was searched as well, but I didn't see anything where there would be evidence of blood stains or that a cleaning person came in. So it's just really the timeline of them missing and he was the last one to see him. Right. He lied about his vehicle had bought drop cloths and had a missing gun. Like it's all a little fishy. It would seem like he would be an easy target to look at. So they have it. They arrested him, right? Um, then I'm going to jump into it. You're jumping a little, but that is a good guess because that's what I would think. So another thing that authorities were suspicious of is Gerwing had his cell phone turned off for an 11 hour window, the night of March the 3rd to the 4th. So he was probably, Trying to turn his GPS off and his location. This is 2008, right? Mm-hmm. So this, there were some smarter phones coming out there. When it is, it's right around, right around iPhone time. I feel like we had iPhones. I think then. iPhones were seven, eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. So they were. There was definitely smartphones. Yes. Authorities believe that Gerwin murdered the couple in his office and disposed of the Calvert's remains. Um, Gerwing was named a prime suspect in the case, and one week after the Calverts went missing, he filled the bathtub with a comforter, slashed his neck, arm, and thigh at least six times with a serrated steak knife, where he bled to death. Okay, let's stop right there. Yes. He I've sliced, got questions, too. Yeah. <laughs> he sliced his neck, his wrist, and his thighs, and his thighs at least six times. That's what it said. Hmm. That's... To me, I could maybe like slice one, one part. That sounds like torture. Yeah. I mean, I've cut, I've cut myself, you know, fingers and stuff, my fingers before, and it doesn't hurt exactly right off the bat. You almost like can't believe you did it. Mm-hmm. And then the blood and the pain comes. Yes. But your wrists but and your thighs and your neck. But it still freaks you out. <laughs> yeah. Right, it still freaks you out pretty bad, and the adrenaline's flowing. But if you get your neck, how do you slide? I mean, that's that's crazy. That's you just don't do that. Right. Well, and police, if you get an artery, you're going to bleed out pretty fast, and you're going to be like within weak. seconds, right? Min- minutes for sure. <laughs> it's like seven minutes. Oh, really? It's that long? I don't know. But it would probably cut the time in if you did multiple parts of your body like you're aiming at major veins here i'm gonna get flagged i'm googling how long it takes to bleed out they're definitely looking no i'm gonna get flagged (laughs) for this one well investigators also found two prescription pill bottles an empty bottle of wine and two handwritten notes that were sent off and allegedly were Gerwin's handwriting. One written note was found on the bed sheet and the other one was in the bathroom. 
in one of the notes, he admitted taking sole responsibility for the approximate $2.1 million that he defrauded from the club group clients, including the Calverts, but did not mention anything about the disappearance or perhaps a murder of the Calverts. So right. that just seems... Financial problems, but I right. mean, it's definitely motive. But definitely it just motive. seems weird if you're going to go that far to yourself and you're going to write up notes... Wouldn't you just tell the Admit, truth? Yeah, just tell the truth already. Unless, unless. It, and I, I did look it up. It, call, it takes like five minutes. Oh. Five minutes or less. Okay. Depending on where you hit. But seven, six, six wounds. But anyway. Um, but yes. But if he was on pills and drinking wine, he probably wouldn't be lucid enough. I'm just thinking. Just some lingering questions here. And, it, and you think it's going to be quick. Like, he, he prepped the bathtub. He he hopped in and started slicing. Right. But it was probably a bad day. It was probably a long day filled with booze, pills, crying, right. so upset, you would... emotional state was not not normal, obviously, if he killed himself. If it was him. Uh, I mean, him acting alone and not somebody torturing him with those cuts right. that could be a possibility i don't know yeah he could have um, had an accomplice or he could have done it alone i suppose but i just think could, it would be he, a little weird if he you know went to this whole trouble to stage a suicide and write two notes and not mention anything about the truth right that's his opportunity yeah but if he's got a gun to his head saying write these notes saying what you did and that's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He had help. He, that somebody else held a, held a gun to his head and and suicided him. Mm-hmm. So did I say that right? <laughs> they, yeah, he was suicided. He did not. Ki- he didn't kill himself. Somebody else. Maybe made he it look like it. wasn't the only one defrauding people in that club group. Maybe yeah. there was other people, or Some, maybe if his gambling problem, he owed someone a lot of money. Right. There could be a lot of things. And this case is still cold. The authorities have no other leads. They have never found the bodies. Nothing else has come came from this. And they eventually stopped looking. And in 2009, Elizabeth and John were legally dead without their bodies being found. Right. Yeah. And I, I found, I came across her case. I was looking at, I was kind of looking at some other things around uh, something else popped up here uh, about a cold case initiative in in Buford County uh, with the Buford County Sheriff's Department, and I'm saying Buford. I, I'm it might be Beaufort, but I'm pretty sure it's Buford. That's how I want to say it. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. You can tell me in the tell me on on a yeah, online. Uh, just let me know that I said it wrong, and we will correct it in a in a in a in, a, in a, our next episode. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, there was a an initiative, like I said, that was formed, and uh, the uh, there was a volunteer cold case committee that was formed in 2010, and that was the first case that they looked at. Okay. So that's where I I came across them a little bit and kind of kind of went through a little bit of their murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but they that was the first one they investigated. So uh, you got anything else on? I don't. Issue? That's it. Well, it's just an interesting uh, cold case that right. just left lingering questions for the families and the community. Right. There is, uh, like I said, there is a, let me talk about the cold case initiative that I found. And uh, I'll give you some information. If you do know anything about the, the Calvert's uh, case, 
you can uh of course if you're in that area you probably already heard about this 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 group um like i said they were uh there's 30 30 beaufort county cold cases uh, and you can go to bcso.net uh, beaufort county sheriff's office.net bcso.net and uh, find a link to the cold cases or uh, you can hit he can hit backslash cold dash cases uh, at the end of that to get there. Um, but they, uh, they offer rewards up to $5,000 uh, for any information on uh, any cold cases in the county. And they also have a list of all the cold cases there. And you can read uh, where they found the people, what their names are, um, all those details. So that's pretty neat, too. That is pretty neat. Yeah. The, um, the uh, sheriff... Um, the sheriff uh, P.J. Tanner that's a P not to be mistaken for D.J. Tanner <laughs> from Full House <laughs> and the new Fuller House uh, P.J. Tanner he was elect- first elected in 1998 um, that was part of his uh, part of his thing was he wanted to help uh, he wanted to solve some of the cold cases that were that were out there and they uh, since he's been there they've solved two oh. uh, yeah, they saw two. Uh, Captain Bob Bromage uh, seems to be the one that's that's kind of spearheaded those. Uh, and I'll talk. Can we talk about the two that two sure. that they solved? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one they solved was a murder that happened March fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, where uh, Bertha Neiman, I believe, was uh, she was sixty-three and she was fatally shot three times in a robbery on Hilton Head, and uh, she was her body was found behind the church. And that's that's all they knew for years. And then in 1999, they they kind of they reopened the case, and they they went back and started following some leads that they had back in the day, uh, back in '88. Uh, and they found they went and talked to three w- witnesses, and they were all in prison. So they were in prison and willing to talk. So two of them ratted out the third witness and said, "Hey, uh, I, I've never seen this name before. It's Eckerin." E-C-K-E-R-I-N, Eckerin Frazier. Um, he was an original person of interest, but they fingered him. They said that he was the one that um, that he was the one that, that did it, and he had told them about that. So uh, they interviewed him, and they charged him with murder, hmm. and uh, he was sentenced to 25 extra years in prison since he was already there. Uh, so that was pretty cool. They, they solved that one. And then the second one they f- solved – uh, they solved it in 2004, uh, but it was a 1995 murder of uh, Charlie Godley. Uh, on January 15th of 95, he was clubbed to death in St. Helena Island, which is right pretty close to uh, Hilton Head. It's in the same county. So, um, But in 2004, State Law Enforcement Division began uh, an undercover operation in Columbia, South Carolina, and they they ran into Richard Simmons Jr. Um, and uh, he was a person of interest back in the case, back in the day. Um, but he was living on the streets now, so he was. They didn't know where he was, I guess. And they they found him, uh, or just found out, kind of put two and two together, and found out that he was a person interested in a murder from back in the day. Uh, they got a videotape of him confessing to a uh, to an undercover undercover investigator hmm. so that was uh that's how they solved that one he wow. told him told him that he killed the man killed a man with a hammer 
and uh, that's something that wasn't released to the public, so they knew that he was the one. He was the one that did it, and uh, he got sentenced to life in prison. Wow! So that's pretty cool. That is pretty um, cool. Yeah, the the volunteer cold case committee that I was talking about they formed in 2010, and they're uh, made up of retired lawyers, uh, medical retired medical pathologists, and re- retired detectives. So a uh, bunch of guys that did this, and girls, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, who did this in their who did this in their their uh, careers and after they're retired they've kind of gotten together and and i uh, started looking at these cases and like i said that was uh, the the calverts were the first case that they looked at so that's pretty neat i hope they solved this one yeah yeah and uh and it might just be one of those things that it's it's kind of known who did it and it's kind of solved but i feel like there has to be something yeah, and they might the reason it's not closed. It might be because they think there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. Like they they probably just like us. I mean, it's pretty obvious that the dude what's his name Gerwing the Gerwing was mm-hmm. involved, right? But they they can't just pin it just on him. So there might be more out there. They might think that there is enough. There might that that possibility's still there. So they're mm-hmm. not going to close the case, yeah. uh, which makes sense. If you close it, it's over. But there might be more information. There might be a killer out there. So if you do know that, I'll give that website again. It's www.bcso.net backslash cold-cases. So bcso.net. I think I've said that a hundred times, so you should know it by now. <laughs> um, so that's that's uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Like, I, like we said earlier, it's a really nice place. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It's beautiful. I remember it. It's been 25 years, and I was a high school kid when I was there, and I still remember it, and I was there for hours. Uh, so it is it is nice. Uh, me and my wife have talked about going back. My in-laws are going back soon for their hmm, 40th anniversary, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so they've t- they're talking about that. They've been there several times. Um, and I've heard, I've, I've heard people that have been there, and they – they don't get in their vehicle the, the whole time they're there. They drive there, they park the car, they take their bicycles with them or rent bikes, and they never get back in their vehicle until they leave. That's awesome. So there's bike trails. There's a lot of easy walking. Uh, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, like I said, there's 12 miles of beaches. Uh, there's golf courses everywhere. Uh, you can go to the Coastal Discovery Museum. The Pickney Island National Wildlife Refuge. The Sea Pines Forest Preserve. I'm just naming off all kinds of stuff that's there. Um, the Forest Preserve there, like I said, Sea Pines, I think that was one of the first resorts, fresh resorts there in 1956. So uh, the wild ref, Wildlife Refuge is there. You can, uh, or the Forest Preserve is there. They've got swamps uh, with boardwalks through them, marshes. You can mm-hmm. walk walk through the swamps in the, in the marsh and uh, on the trails there. Uh, you can take pirate ship cruises. <laughs> wow. I knew you were uh, going to do that. Yeah, I, oh. <laughs> and it reminded me of my, uh, it's one of my son's favorite jokes is, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. R, yeah. yeah. That's R. hilarious. So you can take, uh, you can take private yacht uh, excursions for, for the day or for the week, I'm, I assume, uh, for the evening, whatever, uh, dolphin watching cruises. There's art galleries everywhere. You can even go out on a shrimp boat. Yeah, you can go on a shrimp trawling boat cruise and, I guess, work the shrimp boat. What Forrest Gump was not. He was close, Savannah. yeah. Savannah. 
Okay. Savannah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where Forrest Gump was. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said that last Every week. Every time I hear shrimp, uh, shrimp my mind goes yeah. <laughs> to Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, that's probably probably where that everybody wants to be Forrest Gump and yeah. <laughs> shrimp boat captain. <laughs> like, like Forrest and Bubba uh, and Lieutenant Dan. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. You can also go. I talked about the uh, the freed slaves who went to Hilton Head after the Union Army took over the fort. Uh, that's Mitchellville and um, the Mitchellville Freedom Park. Uh, that sounds like a really, really cool place to go. Uh, that's the, the community where they lived. And uh, I would definitely go check that place out when you get there. I would tell you that seems uh, interesting. So yeah. Go online. Look at all the... Uh, you know, Google Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. If you're in the southeast, if you're in the the east, uh, anywhere close to this, uh, Hilton Head is definitely a cool place to go. And uh, visit HiltonHeadIslandSC.gov uh, for more information. And uh, that's their their town's website. It's HiltonHeadIslandSC.gov. Awesome. So there you go, Hilton Head. You got anything? I do. Okay, remember. Last week or the week before, you had asked me, is there anything that has reminded you? Oh, of? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was taking one of my praxis tests this week, and a question from the test, and I may have not got this right if it wasn't <laughs> for this podcast, was it was talking about an aquifer. Aquifer? Aquifer, yeah. Aquifer. We'll edit that out to make it sound better. It was no, talking I mean, it, it about... It might be aquifer, aqu- but we say it aquifer because we're from... Okay, so aquifer, so it was talking about that and like what it was, and I got it right because of Andrews, Texas. Nice. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's an underground water. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> and so, I knew that because of Andrews, Texas. Thank you. There you go, Andrews. <laughs> yeah, and Shannon's, Shannon took the practice Saturday. She's going to be a teacher. She's been... She's been in school, finishing school up the last yes. couple of years with a two-year-old. Yes. Yeah. So Working full-time, getting it. She's had a busy <laughs> week and a busy life the last couple of years. Yes. So Worth it. Congratulations. Thanks. I know you passed, so I'm just going to go ahead and congratulate you. Okay. So you're good to go. All right. Well, yeah. I, let's see. What did I see this week? I saw Precious Moments popped up. I oh, don't know when the last time I saw Precious Moments. That's because our ready. phones... Are tabbed. They're listening to us. <laughs> no, it was a friend. Oh. A friend on Facebook had posted something about Precious Moments. And I was like, when was the last time I saw <laughs> Precious <random>. Moments? <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know why she posted it. I can, she's always goofing off and stuff. So, But I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. Precious Moments. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's time to uh, throw the dart. Yes. It's my turn, right? It's your turn. It's my turn. All right. I'm going to try to throw it like backwards and like like. Backwards. Not, not aim like yeah, just go over my head like over my shoulder backwards. Jason, right, that out. sounds dangerous, crazy. Oh, he's really going backwards. He was not joking. Ah, my eye. <laughs> I think we're in the Atlantic Ocean. You were kind of close though. Okay. Hit the board. <laughs> Brown, you're looking okay. Oh, Wisconsin. I'm trying to like call this game. <laughs> wow, there's a big empty spot in Wisconsin. <laughs> We're close to. Hmm. 
Wisconsin reminds me immediately of Fargo. Okay then. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and apologize <laughs> to all the people in Wisconsin. We've watched a lot of Fargo. And uh, what else? Uh, the '70s show were they in Wisconsin? I think so. Were they? Uh, oh. Yeah. We were love they? you, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. They were. <laughs> Oconto Falls, Wisconsin. Okay. Check that out and see if anything's there. Okay. Okay, we looked it up, and we have something. We have something to talk about next week. So we're going to go with Oconto Falls, Wisconsin. Right? I'm intrigued. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we did find something there. Now, uh, for my part, uh, we might, we might, I might spread out to the county or the region. Uh, it does look like a pretty small town and a pretty small uh sparsely populated area so i might uh i might venture out just a little bit to get some some information about the in the, the area there so yeah tune in next week for your town crime <laughs> do you like that i tried That's good all right find us on social media at uh, your town crime pod on instagram uh your town crime pod dot at gmail.com mm-hmm. take that dot out your town crime pod <laughs> at gmail.com uh we're on um Facebook. Facebook at Your Town Crime Podcast. <laughs> I think <laughs> I put the podcast on that. <laughs> and uh, we're on Twitter also. So uh, check us out there. Uh, we'll have uh, in the, in the weeks in between, we're going to be putting up pictures and uh, information for the for the city we we're talking about. So uh, if, you, uh, if you're finding us for the first time, go back and listen to our, our five previous episodes and uh, continue to listen, like, subscribe. Uh, share share yeah share uh we've got six episodes now so we're we're actually doing something we're 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 here we don't know if we're getting any better (laughs) but we're definitely here we're having fun we hope you guys are too um let us know uh the good the bad and ugly uh not the ugly not the ugly we're not gonna listen to you if you say something (laughs) ugly we're just gonna no we won't we won't snooze you but well maybe if you're mean if you're mean like our that. listeners won't be mean though. no they won't uh but we do hope uh that 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 we're giving your towns uh you know the good i know we're talking about true true crime but we're, we're trying to also include things uh to do in your town that are nice because we understand that this uh, shouldn't define uh, the bad things that happen in a town uh shouldn't define the you know once and once here and once you know that happened here and there shouldn't define a town for the rest of its existence so right. you know uh we we want to we want people to visit your town uh so uh so go back and listen want to thank you thank you again for another week we'll see you see you back here same time same place yes next All episode right. number seven number seven find us where you find podcast <laughs>